Welcome to the big finale of our series that we've been in. This is week number four uh, that we're calling Frequency. It's all about hearing God's voice and, and understanding that He wants to speak to us at, at a very personal level on a regular uh, basis. And, and really the kind of the, the framework uh, for this series has been Jesus' words in John chapter 10. We'll look at them in the message at the end of the message today where He says, My sheep hear my voice. Uh, they know me, and, and I know them, and they won't listen to a stranger's voice. And, and so uh, uh, before we jump in, I want to welcome our Valley family that is joining us online, hundreds and hundreds of people every single week, uh, devices, literally, even more people, but hundreds of devices every single week tuning in. In fact, a, a guy that I coached uh, many years ago at John Jay actually sent me a little screenshot uh, that he was watching online with his fiance. And uh, so big shout out to all our online folks. They live in Virginia, uh, as a matter of fact. Uh, and, uh, and also for our Poughkeepsie family as well at Regal Cinema. Great things happening in terms of our building, uh, our permanent campus in Poughkeepsie. You'll be hearing more about that over the next couple weeks. In fact, go ahead and write down on January the, I'm sorry, November the 10th, not January, November the 10th, we're going to be showing in our services in Poughkeepsie and here in Hopewell the video walkthrough of the Poughkeepsie campus. 3D, it's virtual reality, it's crazy. That won't be online, that will only be in our actual services, 9 and 11 in Hopewell, and then also 10 o'clock at our Poughkeepsie campus at Regal Cinemas. Make sure you don't miss that on November the 10th in all of our services, live in all of our services. But week number one, we talked about preparing to hear God's voice. We have to prepare our hearts to do that. Week number two, my friend Mike Bolton was here and he talked about hearing God at work, real practical message. And then last week we talked about one of the main ways, God speaks all kinds of different ways, but one of the main ways that God speaks is when God whispers. And so if you missed any of those, I encourage you to, to go back and listen to those. Those are all online, especially week one about preparing to hear. Because if we don't prepare our hearts to hear, we will never hear. And, and so really, really important if you missed any of those. That's why we have those in our archive. Also, I want to recommend a book to you that really this series has been loosely based on. And, and that's by uh, Robert Morris, the book that is actually the title is Frequency. And uh, again, this has just been three messages that I've preached uh, based loosely on that book. But there's 10 chapters. So if you want to really hone in on hearing God's voice, highly recommend you pick up a copy of that book by great pastor uh, in Texas, Robert Morris, uh, and you can dive a lot, lot deeper uh, into this and really, again, tune your, your ears to hear God's voice speaking to you. So I'm going to invite you to open your Valley app right now, and we're going to jump right in, and we're going to talk about recognizing God's voice. How can we filter out other voices and recognize when God is actually speaking to you and speaking to me? This is really, really important because there's all kinds of voices uh, that are speaking, but they're not necessarily necessarily God's voice that's speaking. They could even claim to be God's voice, but it's not necessarily God's voice. And again, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. They know me. I know them. And they won't listen to a stranger's voice. And, and, and look at it just in 1 John chapter 4, verse 1, even the Bible tells us, and this is really, really important that we understand this. 1 John 4, 1, it says, dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they're from God. A lot of people claiming to speak it on God's behalf, but we need to, the Bible makes it clear, we need to test the spirits. 
the other, it's, that's not a capital S. We have, that's why the Bible refers to the Holy Spirit, or whenever it refers to the Holy Spirit, it's capital S. That's God's Spirit. But there are a lot of other spirits that don't speak on behalf of God at all. And so we need to put those to the test. We need to learn how we can actually filter what we hear, is this really God or is it someone else? Give you a prime example of that. Even happened the, uh, this week, some of you may be aware that a pretty prominent Christian leader uh, came out and, and made some comments about Beth Moore, uh, a woman who's a great Bible teacher. Uh, his comments were demeaning and, and they were dismissive and not at all an example of Christ-like leadership or Christ-like love. And when he made those comments, at a conference in his church, uh, people laughed out loud and, and clapped thunderously. You know, that, that gentleman doesn't speak on my behalf, and uh, he doesn't speak on behalf of Valley Christian Church, and his dismissive and demeaning words that, that pretty much just uh, dismissed half the body of Christ that are women throughout history, probably even over half the body of Christ. That's a different spirit than I hear Jesus speaking in his word. That, that's a different spirit. That's, that's not God's spirit. It's not the way that, that Jesus spoke to women or about women. And that's why we have to test. Because you know what? You can quote scripture, but if the spirit is not consistent with the Holy Spirit, it's not from God. Nobody is ever going to beat Satan in a scripture quoting contest. And, and so the Bible says, test every spirit. Put them to the test. Is this, is this the way that Jesus spoke about women and to women? And if it's not, then it's wrong. Jesus elevated women. He esteemed women. He raised the value of women in a culture 2,000 years ago that demeaned women on a regular basis. It was part of the culture 2,000 years ago. And so we need to, just as practical as today, as this week, and generally I don't speak out about things like this, but I just felt like, you know what? In the context of this message, this passage and several others we're going to look at during our time together, we need to test every spirit. Because not every spirit that claims to speak on God's behalf is consistent with God's word and the Holy Spirit. In Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12, the Bible says, there is a way that appears to be right, but in the end it leads to death. There's a way that appears to be right to, to, to a, an individual, but the end leads to death. And so that's why we need to learn how to filter and recognize God's voice. And what I want to do in our time together is just share with you real practically four filters for recognizing God's voice. Four filters for recognizing God's voice. Here's the first one. Are you ready for it? Does it line up with the Bible? Plain and simple. Does it line up with the Bible, with God's word? Is it consistent? And, and could I put it this way? Not only in word, but in tone. In tone as well. See, God's voice will never contradict God's word. God's voice will never contradict God's word. Not, not ever. And, and so anytime I feel like I'm, God's speaking to me something and it contradicts God's word, I'm, that's subjective what I'm hearing. God's word is objective truth. 
And Luke chapter 21, verse 33, Jesus put it this way, red letter stuff, if you have a red letter Bible, Jesus put it this way very clearly. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Everything we see around us one day will be gone, but God's word is eternal. And so God will never contradict his word. His voice will never contradict his word. And that's why we talk about, sometimes you might hear this before, uh, in a biblical sense or a theological sense, you know, that we need to get the whole counsel of God. Because it is really easy to pull a passage of Scripture out of context in the Bible and twist it around when we don't measure it against what else did God say on that topic and subject cover to cover in God's word. And so we need to have the whole counsel of God. Think about it for just a minute. Satan, when he tempted Jesus in the wilderness, he used Scripture. Every single one of the temptations, Jesus was quoting Scripture to Jesus. Satan was quoting Scripture to Jesus. And Jesus responded, though, to Satan and said, it is written. And he quoted Scripture back to Satan, who pulled out of context and twisted the meaning and understanding of what the Word of God was. And Jesus quoted Scripture back in the context, in the right meaning, interpretation, understanding. And that was what Jesus stood on to resist temptation. And so, really important, does it line up with the whole counsel of God? all that the scripture says, all that the scripture teaches on that particular subject. So that's the first filter, how we can filter God's voice. This that I'm hearing, that I believe God's saying, does it line up with God's written word and scripture? Here's the second thing. Will it make me more like Christ? Will it make me more like Christ? Is what I'm hearing making me more like Jesus. And this is a big point, I think, again, to be applied in what many of us were aware of, those comments that were made about Beth Moore. You know, I esteem her as a great Bible teacher. Those were not Christ-like comments that were made. And so this is a big question. Will it make me more like Jesus Christ? Again, in... In theology, what we call, we call this regeneration, you and I are be- supposed to be becoming more and more like Jesus Christ all the time in, in our way we speak, in the way we love, in the way that we act, because the Holy Spirit lives inside of you and me. When we receive Christ Jesus as our Savior and Lord, the Holy Spirit comes inside to transform and to regenerate us to transform our lives. And one of the main places that that starts uh, here in Valley is in Growth Track. Growth Track every single Sunday, 9 a.m. It's one of the great ways to become more like Jesus, step that we have, next step. And in fact, first Sunday of November, it's rebooting again. We have this every single week, and it's four weeks, four weeks, four Sundays in a row, nine o'clock, both in Poughkeepsie and here in Hopewell. And we just encourage you to to go through that. If you haven't ever gone through it before, by all means, if you went through it before, I encourage you to make plans. Go through it again because we've refreshed it. There's actually a whole leadership development component in it right now that I'm real excited about when I re-recorded that just a couple weeks ago. And uh, it's one of the great ways that we become more like Jesus Christ. 
Look at what Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 says. It says, in your lives you must think and act like Christ. That's what God expects of you. That's what he expects of me, how much more so as a Christian leader that I'm supposed to think like and act like Jesus Christ. That's what he's looking for in our lives. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, the Bible says, we take captive every thought, every thought that we think, we're supposed to take control of it and make it obedient to Jesus Christ. And make it obedient. So when I feel like God's saying something, I'm hearing the voice of God, is it making me become more like Jesus? Or is it making me, is, is what I'm hearing just reinforcing my already predetermined prejudice or bias or negativity that's not God's voice that's not God's voice because it's not making me more like Christ and so you know years ago there was this uh kind of uh movement I guess you'd call it like what would Jesus do WWJD what would Jesus do and and I think that's a great question the only difficulty with it is if you don't know what Jesus would do you don't know how to answer that question And so look at what the scripture says. This is what Jesus would do in every situation. And again, we can pass anything that we hear someone else say, supposedly on God's behalf, or anything we feel in our spirit, we can pass it through this filter. Look at what James chapter 3, verse 7, this is what Jesus would do. But the wisdom that comes from heaven. So this is godly reflection of God and who he is, God's wisdom that comes down from heaven, not earthly wisdom that comes down from heaven, is first of all, pure. It's pure. It's beautiful. It's peace-loving. It brings peace. It's considerate. When you hear someone that's supposedly speaking, (laughs) preaching, and it's not considerate, it's not God. It's not God. It's submissive. It's full of mercy. Full of mercy. That's what Jesus is. That's what he would do. And it's good fruit. It's impartial and it's sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. That's what Jesus would do. That's how Jesus talks. That's how his Holy Spirit speaks to you and to me. That's how we know I'm becoming more Christ-like because it's bringing purity into my life. It's bringing peace into my life. It's causing me to be more considerate, more submissive, that I'm becoming more of a merciful person. That, that, that there's good fruit in my life, kingdom fruit, that I'm impartial, I don't show favoritism or bias or prejudice, that I'm sincere and I'm a peacemaker. So the first filter, does it line up with the Bible? The second one, will it make me more like Christ? Here's the third one, does godly counsel agree? Does godly counsel agree? In Proverbs chapter 12, verse 15, it says, The way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. When we talk about godly counsel, I think it's really important. There's a difference between having godly people in your life that you open your life up to and say, What do you think about this? 
I'm considering this. What do you think about it? That's God getting godly Christian counsel in our lives. There's a difference between that and having godly Christian friends that we inform them of decisions we've made. That's not seeking godly counsel. That's just making unilateral, arbitrary decisions on my behalf, and we're saying, you know, basically, without saying it, if you see something wrong, just speak up and tell me. Seeking out godly counsel is, this is what I'm thinking, this is what I'm considering, what do you think about this? Because again, here it is, the wise listen to advice, and, and for our sake, could I just put it this way, the wise seek out advice. The wise seek out advice. Just even recently, in my own life, in, in the church, I, I was uh, all praying and, and thinking about, it was during the summer, praying, thinking about the fall and, and just some initiatives, some, some changes, some things that, that I felt like, you know, maybe God was speaking to me that maybe this needs to happen. But I'm so thankful that I have a, a, the board of elders, the trustees of the church, and, and we video conference with regularity. And I was just sharing with them, I think this was actually August, maybe July. And uh, in, in our video conference meeting, uh, I was saying, well, this is what I'm feeling, and, I'm and I think we need to do this come the fall. And, and those godly men that, that I asked for their advice and counsel, and I said, this is what I feel like God's saying, what do you think? And then one of them spoke up and said, Man, I, I don't think that's real wise at this time. And then another one said, yeah, I have to agree. Seems like the timing's off on that, and maybe we should look a different way, a different avenue, a different approach. And then the third, third uh, elder, they serve as trustees of the church, said, no, I agree with the previous two, and you know what? I dropped it. I dropped it. I didn't try to prove my point. I didn't try to push it. I dropped it and I said, okay, I hear what you're saying. We're not going to do that that way. There's wisdom in that. The wise listen to advice. They seek it out. And I know a lot of folks that think they're wise and what it really is is hit me over the head if you think I'm out of line instead of what do you think? Look around this church and all that God's done, all that he's doing. You, you know what? I'll just tell you this. It's not a one-man show at all because I, I ask. I, I, I ask the pastors who serve with me on staff and our lead team and all this, what do you think? This is what I think I'm here. What do you think? And allow God to temper that. There's safety in that. And we have to listen to what they say. Proverbs chapter 24, verse 6, the Bible says, listen to advice and accept discipline. And at the end, you will be counted among the wise. Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Together, we have the wisdom of God. No single human being has the wisdom of God. No one does. No one does. And doesn't it make sense if the reality is in your life and my life that God always wants what's best for you and I, and he knows what's best for you and I. Wouldn't it make sense then to, to when we feel like God's saying something to us, micro or macro decisions, that, that we seek out other people's input that we know also are following after Jesus Christ to help to, to confirm that or redirect that? That's how we become wise. And the Proverbs, over and over, it contrasts all throughout the book of Proverbs, the fool and the wise. The fool doesn't mean 
unintelligent, low IQ. The fool is the one that just does whatever they want to do. The wise seek out counsel and follow it. And so, filter number three, does godly counsel agree with this? Does godly counsel agree with it? Uh, Pretty interesting, uh, Proverbs uh, chapter 24, verse 6, the Bible says, Surely you need guidance to wage war, and victory is won through many advisors. Many of, I'm not talking about polling the population. I'm talking about advisors, people that know you, that know your life, and they'll give you sound advice. Another example happened to me in the spring. Uh, in, in May, Susie and I, we had planned, we'd been invited to go to Germany for some ministry, a ministry trip to Germany and also to Moldova as well. I was having these migraine headaches and, uh, and there were people counting on me, counting on Susie in Germany and in Moldova. And uh, I was under the, uh, the oversight and the watch uh, of, a, of a doctor, and, uh, and she was giving me good medical adv- uh, advice. Uh, and, and we were coming up, we had the plane tickets purchased, we are ready to do this and all. And, and I just realized, you know what? I don't know if I should go on this trip or not. And so I called my spiritual father and I said, can you help me here on this? There are people counting on me and he travels extensively in ministry. And, uh, and I said, I just, I need your help to hear. And he said, I'll pray about it. And he called me back two days later and he said, Greg, I don't think you should go. We didn't even know exactly what was triggering, what was causing the migraines at that time. And he said, Greg, I don't think you should go. I, I think there'll be other times. I just don't, I, I don't have peace about it. And I had asked for his input, and you know what I did? I canceled the trip. Our two daughters, Michaela and Sophie, went ahead and did some uh, street ministry in Germany, but canceled the Moldova leg of the trip. And, and it was during that time, while I was away, that, that um, while I would have been away, when I was home instead, that we found the root of it, no pun intended, and that was that I had a bad tooth that, that had, was dying. And it was causing these migraines. It was triggering these migraines happening. If I'd have been in Moldova and had to get Moldovian medical attention, you're talking about crazy, crazy problem I would have been in the middle of. And in fact, when I went to the dentist, she, she actually told me, had you gotten on a plane? With this tooth, because I have a high pain threshold, I wasn't feeling any pain until Memorial Day. She said, if you'd gotten into a plane with cabin pressure on a nine-hour flight, you've never experienced pain in your life as bad as that would have been with that tooth and that cabin pressure. See, there's, you want to have a victory? It's won through many advisors. The medical advisor that I had, my doctor, my dentist, spiritual father in my life that knows me and cares about me and I got it fixed so so incredibly important does it line up with the Bible will it make you more like Christ does godly counsel agree did you ask them what they thought and then here's the fourth one do I have peace do I have peace See, Christianity is different from every other religion because we have God's spirit on the inside of us. We're not God. But, but when, when I recognize, when you, any man, woman, young person, recognize that Jesus Christ, that God sent him and he lived a sinless life and he laid that life down as a sacrifice on the cross and a substitute for you and for me, 
took my place, took your place, paid in full for your sins and mine, and rose again three days later. And we turn from our sins. We say, Jesus, be my Savior and be my Lord because I'm a mess. Then the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us. And, and he guides us. And one of the main ways that he guides you and me and he speaks to us is peace or the lack thereof. Do I have peace? 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 33, the Bible puts it this way, for God is not the author of confusion, but peace. Peace. There, there have been times in my life when I've been facing a decision, and, and uh, you know what? By, by the way, we're talking about hearing God's voice. Nowhere in the Bible does it say, make a pro and con list. Nowhere. God, God doesn't speak through pros and cons. God speaks specific direction. And, and I've faced big decisions, and I'm like praying, and I'm getting wise counsel, you know, and, I, and I'm asking for input from those that, that, that I know also can hear from God and, and make that a priority in their life. And, uh, and sometimes it doesn't look like the best way to go, but I have real peace. But everything that looks like it's a fantastic offer and opportunity, and I've had some great offers through the years, and no peace about it. No peace. See, because God is not the author of confusion. He's not the author of, can I put it this way, anxiety. He's not the author of worry. He's the author of peace. He's the author of peace. And so it's incredibly important. Do I have peace about this? Talking about God's peace, this is, this is how he wants you and I to live every single day. Look at it, Philippians chapter 4. Do not be anxious about anything. Nothing. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, what is that? Talking to God and then listening to his voice. With thanksgiving, present your request to God. Talk to God and then listen. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. How much of a priority do you put on peace in your life? It's one of the main ways we know God's guiding and directing. I'm, I'm not talking about apathy. You know, I'm not talking about laziness. I'm not talking about always taking the easy way. That, that's not necessarily where God's peace is. But we talk to God, and then we listen. And then we allow the peace of God that passes, transcends all understanding. See, this is the, the peace of God. Jesus said it this way, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives you. This, this is a different peace than the world gives. Pros and cons, uh, that, that's nothing compared to this kind of peace. That, that's nothing compared to this kind of peace. Let, let me just give real specific, you know, I've been offered opportunities to pastor churches of 5,000 and it would triple my salary the day I accepted it. But I didn't have peace about it. I didn't have peace about it. I had peace. God's planted me and my family here in New York at Valley Christian Church. And that transcended all the understanding of all the pros of sunny Florida. Triple my salary. Five times larger church. I didn't have peace about it. 
And I love this where it says, will guard your hearts. That's like a, it, it literally means like an armed guard, like a sentinel. <laughs> the peace of God will stand watch over your heart. And it'll speak to you as you let your petitions be known. Not anxiety, but you're making your petition. God, this is what I'm asking. This is what I need. And God will set a guard over your heart so that it'll stay at peace. And so this is the end of our series uh, at Frequency. And, uh, you know, I thought about maybe just ending it here, but I, I think there's another part that we need to, we need to think about just to make just to make it real practical, because we've really been focusing in on these last four weeks uh, about hearing God's voice. We've also started here in October our Saturday morning prayer every single Saturday at 8 o'clock here in Hopewell at our Hopewell campus. We're just really, really trying to bring to the forefront the importance of listening, hearing, praying, hearing God's voice, following God's direction. And and so what I want to do is I want to just leave you now real quickly. We'll go through how to find frequency, finding frequency. Because you know that word frequency has two different meanings. One is it's like a, you know, a, a sound wave that we tune into. That's a frequency. But also frequency means how often. How often? What kind of routine? So how do we find the routine of hearing God's voice? Three things, I think, really quickly practical, practical steps that you and I can take so we don't just finish this series and then we move forward and we're not listening to God anymore. So how do we find frequency? Here it is. First of all, tune into God every day. Every single day. And, and circling back around to what our primary kind of scripture framework was when we started this series, every message. Uh, look at what John 10 verse 4 says in the message translation. Jesus says, when when." When he gets them all out, this is the good shepherd, speaking of himself, he leads them and they follow because they're familiar with his voice. Listen, this is so important. Uh, I'm a pastor. It doesn't mean I hear God's voice better than you do. It doesn't mean I hear God's voice clearer than you. Any person can hear God's voice with clarity. Any follower of Jesus Christ, his sheep, can hear God's voice with clarity. It all depends on the priority that we put on hearing his voice. How much of it is a priority? And that's why it's so important. Tune in to God every single day. Make it a priority. Don't start your day until you heard from him. That's the whole point of reading your Bible and praying. It's not so we check the box. It's so we connect to him. We connect to God, and we hear from God. We hear from Him. And so, tune in to God every single day. Become familiar with His voice so that you can, you, you can tell, oh, that's, that's God's voice. Uh, that's not God's voice. <laughs> that, that's the way the Holy Spirit speaks. That's consistent with the way the Holy Spirit speaks. That is a different spirit. That is not the spirit, the Holy Spirit speaking. Now, here's the second thing. Tune out the things that oppose God. Tune out the things that oppose God. Again, back to our main scripture in John chapter 10. John chapter 10, verse 5. Jesus goes on and goes, They won't follow a stranger's voice, but will scatter because they aren't used to the sound of it. Like I said, you can quote all kinds of scriptures. So can Satan, and he can quote more than you. But the Spirit is not right behind it. That's why that, that scripture is so important that we look at. Test every spirit 
Because not every spirit is the Holy Spirit. Test everyone. Those that make a priority of hearing God's voice and knowing the good shepherd, Jesus' voice, they're not going to listen to a stranger. Tune out the things that oppose God. And, and so many times I think it's just we've got to quiet our soul and we've got to listen. And there's some things in our life, you know what, they're going to just gunk up the pipes in our lives that we can hear God through. Things that we watch, things that we listen to, things that we see, things that we do, make it harder to hear God's voice because they're opposed to God's will. They're opposed to who Jesus is. They don't reflect who Jesus is. It's the total opposite of that. There used to be, I remember in college, I used to regularly listen to a, a radio program of a, of a guy. It wasn't Christian. It was like more of a political thing. And, uh, and I realized it was changing the way that I thought and talked and saw things. And as much as I enjoyed daily listening to that radio program, I had to stop. And I haven't, I haven't listened to it since the 80s. Because it was affecting, the spirit of that was affecting my spirit, the Holy Spirit inside of me, and my ability to see this world the way God wanted me to. So we've got to tune out the things that are in total opposition to God in order to hear him. We've got to tune in to God every day, tune out to those things that oppose God. And here's the third and the final thing. We need to take steps towards what God's spoken. We, we need to take steps towards what God has spoken. Because here's the thing. Can I just put it this way? Uh, why would God say something new to you when, when you haven't done what he said last time? sometimes I've had people come to me like, you know what, I used to hear God real clearly, but, but now it just seems like I don't hear his voice anymore. And I ask them the question, what was the last thing you heard him say to you? And they say, oh, that was easy. He, he, he said that this was an area of my life that I needed to change. And I said, did you do it? And I'm like, oh, no, I didn't do it. Oh, okay. Why would he say something new? When, when the last thing that he said you didn't act upon. You didn't, why, why would he give more direction when we didn't follow his last directions? See, that's the good shepherd. He says to the sheep, you go this way. You go that way. And that's what Jesus said in John chapter 10. They'll, they'll hear my voice behind them saying, this is the way, walk in it. He doesn't give more direction until we actually take steps towards what it is that he's actually spoken. John chapter 10, verse 27, here it is. My sheep, listen to my voice. I know them. It's not just about hearing. Watch, you ready? They follow me. They follow me. They actually take steps. They actually do what I instruct them to do. And so, I couldn't think of a more practical way to, to end this series, Fine in Frequency, than just to talk about tune into God every day, tune out to the things that oppose Him, and take steps towards what God has spoken. So I'm going to ask right now, would you bow your heads with me? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you that, that you're a God who speaks. 
Lord, that you speak to us through your word, and Lord, your Holy Spirit speaks to our hearts, and those things are always gonna line up and be consistent. Lord, I pray for us, many of us, it's hard to reach out for help and ask people, hey, what do you think about this godly counsel in our lives? And, And really to open our hearts and to listen and then to walk that out. God, I pray for the courage to do that, for your grace for some of us that have never done that before, that we'll begin to make that a, a practice of filtering your word to knowing we're hearing from you or not. Father, I thank you that, that we can tune into the frequency of your Holy Spirit and you're speaking to us. And Lord, give us courage, Lord, really to, to, to tune into you every day, to tune out those things that oppose you and to take steps towards what you say and to act on it. Just as Jesus said, that his sheep listen to his voice and they follow him. May we follow you in a greater way from this day forward. Right now with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, I want to give you an opportunity today if you've never taken that step, that first step of following Jesus. The Bible says that if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your hearts that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so I, I'd like to lead you in a prayer right now that you can repeat after me. And just open your heart to Jesus right now because he's been speaking to you in your heart. While you've been hearing my voice, you've been hearing his whisper in your heart. And so it's so important to respond when God speaks to us. And so if you've never done it before, taking that first step of following Jesus, placing your life and your faith in him, I would like to lead you in this prayer right now. You can repeat after me. Just pray with me right now. Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sin. I turn from them today. Jesus, I receive you as my Savior. I receive you as my Lord. Thank you for living for me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for rising from the dead for me. And Jesus, I ask you now to lead me, to guide me, to direct me by your Holy Spirit from this day forward, and I will follow you. Amen.